Gay SA Radio, where you are family. So here's what went down this week ending 14th September. Now here's Ian chatting to Dr. Moyo about circumcision. Gay SA Radio, where you are family. This is Ian and I'm speaking to Dr. Kumbulani Moyo about circumcision. First question of how does circumcision help prevent the spread of HIV? Circumcision prevents HIV uh, transmission because, as you know, most men are infected through sexual intercourse. And so definitely infection comes through the penis. And how that happens is because the entry of the virus into the body mostly happens in the foreskin. And that is because the foreskin, the inside layer of the foreskin is conducive for entry of the virus because it is thin, it is um, wet, and has got a huge concentration of immune cells, lung hand cells that are, if you like, uh, a receptor for the virus. And because the virus attacks immune cells, so it's easier for them to attack the foreskin than the outer skin of the penis or even the head of the penis. Please tell me more about the circumcision program that has been instituted in South Africa. In South Africa, as you know, I think last month, the statistician general announced that we have a a prevalence of seven and a half million South Africans living with HIV. And that number is growing because of new infections as well. So with this evidence that male circumcision reduces the risk of infection, the government has made a conscious decision to make male circumcision available as one of the ways of preventing infection. And to do that effectively, we have to reach 80% coverage of men between 15 and 49 years of age, which is 4.3 million. So far, we are around 3 million. So we have about a million and a half to go. And so if we do that, we would uh, make a, a dent on the epidemic. And then what areas has Right to Care targeted with the circumcision program? So right to Care has worked in seven provinces so far, in Eastern Cape, in KZN, Pumalanga, Northwest, Limpopo, Hauteng, and the Free State. However, right now, um, we are focusing in Eastern Cape, Free State, Northwest, and Pumalang. We have actually circumcised more than a million men from 2012 up to now. And we are funded by CDC, which is a center for disease control based in Atlanta. This funding is really made available for us to to support the Department of Health in attaining the goal of uh, circumcising 4.3 million men and prevent HIV. Has this funding helped Right to Care achieve the targets that they've set out in the program? Oh, yes. I mean, so far we've been able to reach our targets every year. You know, we don't work alone. We are supporting the Department of Health, but we work with other partners as well. And so as a collective, we have managed to obviously um, reach the 3 million circumcisions. And it's important to also note that just uh, the actual procedure is not the only thing that we do because we understand, as I said, male circumcisions help prevent transmission by reducing the risk, but not eliminating the risk. So it's important that we put in our program communication and education to our clients before we do the 
medical procedure to make sure that they understand that they still need to apply other preventive behavior so that they don't get infected. So use of condoms is important because circumcision does not make you immune from HIV. It only reduces the risk. What is the difference, doctor, between male initiation and medical male circumcision? The difference is that male initiation is all the activities that happen for as part of a cultural rite of passage from boy to man that is practiced by certain cultures within the country. So it's not all cultures. But in places where we work, particularly in Bumalanga, Free State and Eastern Cape, it is part of the culture and uh, in traditional initiation, circumcision is part of the initiation, but not everything about the initiation. So the procedure done in traditional ways has been complemented now. What we're trying to do is to complement that and make it the procedure medical by using doctors from those cultures so that we are not contaminating the culture. We're doing what is culturally appropriate. So you have managed to integrate the two into the circumcision program? That is true, but we are not where we want to be, obviously. I think in Pumalanga, we've made very great strides. In 2013, we had uh, 33 deaths from um, traditional initiation without the medical intervention. But we have worked with the traditional leadership there, with the kings, the Ndebele king, and we have worked with the chiefs there, and they've been able to allow us to work with uh, local doctors to integrate MMC. This year, we're not even talking of any deaths in initiation schools in Pumalanga, because of that integration. In Eastern Cape, this that work is ongoing. We are engaging with traditional leadership and I think in due time, it will be where we want it to be because there is good communication and understanding to show that we are understanding each other. We are not actually trying to encroach on the culture. And then what kind of myths are there out there about circumcision that people should be aware of? Medical male circumcision is actually a, a minor procedure and it takes about 20 minutes. The healing takes about six weeks to complete and the actual healing can happen within two weeks but you know one cannot engage in sexual intercourse for six weeks but so that there is full healing but it's actually worth it because it reduces the risk of HIV by 60%. Also with that saying going through the procedure does not make one immune as I said earlier on it's important that we always talk about this as like wearing seatbelts when you're driving. It doesn't mean necessarily you should drive recklessly but it just means you've got additional protection in case there is an accident. So that myth that if you are circumcised, you are immune from HIV should not be. And when clients come through our clinics, we make sure that it is clear before the procedure is done. And then, Doctor, how far do you think the program still has to go? I think there is still a lot to do. But I think what is important now is to understand that to reach the last mile, we have to work together with communities, with leadership, with traditional leadership, with all stakeholders to ensure that we reach every man, despite their cultural background, their race, their lifestyle, we reach out to everyone. We don't leave anyone out. One last thing that I, I wanted to actually make here is that now that we are on your registration, is that we don't often talk about and having sex with men and how this applies to these situations. And, you know, the studies that were done, we had to prove that it works in heterosexual transmission, but there has not been any scientific proof that it works in men having sex with men. But having said that, we cannot leave any men outside. We need to communicate all these things. And also, medical male circumcision has got a lot of benefits outside HIV prevention in terms of um, preventing sexually transmitted infections and improving hygiene and all that. So it is important 
that all men are involved in in these conversations and these discussions. Yeah, it's a radio where you are family. This is Ian, and I was speaking to Dr. Kumbulani Moyo about HIV prevention through male circumcision. So up next, here's Kwasi chatting to Prince Dlamini at a Durban event about all things Gay Institute. Gay SA Radio. Um, I'm Gwazim Sibenzi. Um, I'm ha- I have Prince here with me. Um, Prince Dlamini. She, he's going to be telling us about Gay Institute and what he does and about the event as well, about what he's enjoying so far and the event is, is it the conducive event. Did he learn something or what? Prince, welcome. Hi guys, um, my name is Prince Lamini and I'm from the Gay and Lesbian Centre which is in Morningside in Durban. So now, what do you do there? I am one of the lay counsellors and I'm also one of the advocacy. Okay, you are one of the advocacy and the counsellors. So what are you learning so far from the event, um, ANOVA event and are you learning something conducive to some gay people in the world? Okay, we and ANOVA, we are um, stakeholders and we've been working with ANOVA for quite some time now. And yes, I am learning a lot because we are working hand in hand every now and again. We have events and we are doing one and the same thing. So we are testing, we are actually encouraging, especially gay and lesbian people and transgendered women and men to come and get tested just to know your status as early as possible. Now, with the issues, you know, we were talking about um, um, the issues they face as we are the LGBTI community. Now, one issue that comes up is housing. Do we have um, shelters where people who are affected by homophobia or whatsoever in families and stuff, do they have maybe somewhere they can go and just find shelter if they are deserted or what? For now, we don't have any shelter that I know of. But what, you, what we can actually do, we always encourage people, if there's anything that's affecting you with regards to any homophobia whatsoever, please come up front, come to our offices, report the matter, and we will take it, we'll take it from there. Thank you much, Prince Zamene. Um, you are listening to Say My name is Gwazim Sebenzi. Now here's Chris chatting to Jason Hess about being an author and all things Comic Con. You are formally known as Jason Hess, not the not not the um, artist formally known as. Oh, I, I've always been known as. Well, I mean, I mean, I tried so hard. It would have been wonderful to like have like a bachelor. And that's where I come in. My name is Chris, and this is another episode of Black, White, and Everything in Between, a South African comic, episode four of five. Now, normally, normally, and please keyword is normally I conduct myself with a ladies decorum every time I do record a podcast and meet some cool people uh, you would have heard a lot more uh, of me on this podcast but uh, the sounds uh, and I, I was certainly going to make, make an, in Spanish make a lot more sense than what I was actually saying on the night I met Jason Hess he is the author of Our Immaculate it's horror fiction that is guaranteed to kind of scare your panties off and um, well the universe decided to remind me that one Tequila is not my friend. Two, don't drink before a podcast. And three, in what life did I ever have the right to concept of normality? I've uh, impressed with a little bit of cut narratives on what I thought I was trying to get into or mean or whatever it was when I referred to my ramblings as questions. But first, here's some fancy facts. I, 
Am I am I talking alright, firstly? Ironic, I know. Can I can I do a shout out quickly? This podcast has a shout out. I promise. Two shout out to Timber, Monday, and Oz, who hopefully are not still at the office right now. Love you guys, and uh, yeah, I promise them I do a shout out. Also, because Timber like did a shout out to myself and Kao, who's another copywriter. Where was um, he doing shout outs from? Well, she she was uh, doing it from uh, Grant Tolles show on I'm, well who is Jason Hayes he's a he's a guy he's got eyes nose ears mouth those are these are these are real facts these are real facts well what is our immaculate all about off goodreads.com a little bit of a synopsis and a little bit of an excerpt I'm gonna try and put my scary voice on <clears throat> channeling exorcist <clears throat> channeling it <clears throat> channeling Freddy Krueger here we go He shall wash his feet in the blood of the wicked, and he shall rejoice. We shall all rejoice. 24 hours ago, Electra Elmacy was dying to leave our Immaculate Academy for good. Now, hunted by a demented blood cult and a primeval entity known only as the boy with the red feet, she may actually die trying to escape. Last night, Delphi McCoy, the school's newly appointed head girl, thought that waking up to an unstable student standing naked at the foot of her bed was the worst thing that could happen to her. Now tormented by an ancient ritual and a creature that shouldn't exist, she's about to encounter far worse things. 41 years ago, Dr. Ava Hamilton, principal of Our Immaculate Academy, became consumed by a little boy who promised her paradise. And tonight... She'll spill as much blood as it takes to make sure his vision is realized. The first of a couple of questions. Getting to the mind of Jason Hayes. Mara, why? Why horror? Exclamation mark. Why on earth? Why, why, why? Mara, why? Question mark. Some kind of exorcist emoticon. I mean, I, I've had a very good childhood. Nothing traumatizing or scary happened, thankfully. I, I started watching some creepy shit. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> and it kind of just spiraled out of control from there. Tell me how. The, the horror. Yeah. What did it do? And again, what was it first? I guess, you know what, it intrigued me. And uh, it's there's something appealing about seeing something scary at a safe distance. And uh, the, the fear of the unknown is also something that's always fascinated me. Because there's nothing more scary than something that we don't under, understand, you know. Whether that's like a cosmic creature or it's a... Um, gosh, I don't know. Anything that's just unknown to us, as human beings, it's always terrified us. Twins who have blonde hair, always around corn, big sharks, clowns, E.T. and his gross little feet and his gross little head and the way that he speaks and it's super gross, sif, 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 disgusting little face and his disgusting little way that he rides bicycles. Hold on, back to the question. So I would say it was probably The Ring, which I watched when I was in eighth grade. And (laughs) I would say the, the, the very badly scripted horror films are quite quite terrible and um, I would also say you know I'm not a big fan of torture I think you know the torture horror genre is referred to as uh, torture porn because people seem to enjoy and you know you know seeing people getting tortured and I don't really like volume five and six thank you so just going back to your previous points I mean after I watched the ring 
um, I did a whole sort of exploration into horror and I just I started I watched all of the Nightmare on Elm Street films Friday the 13th uh, Candyman which was fantastic of course the natural question is to ask Jason how did I immaculate come about uh, let's see well when I was writing this book uh, Our Immaculate I was 20 I believe. I can't even remember now. But um, I did it for my master's course at Fitz University. And um, I, I had a you know, great, can you even call them classmates, fellow students, who were able to give me amazing advice and also introduce me to cool shit, you know. And then I had amazing supervisors, especially Elsie Kluter, who was my own personal supervisor, and she was just incredible. So I had her, and then in terms of um, research, I had that whole floor of, um, you know, of horror and that kind of thing, and all these people um, who had written stuff in the past, like H.P. Lovecraft, Stephen King, even Koji Suzuki. Um, Found your tribe. Basically, yeah. Is this the ultimate dream, or is it just a side hustle? Well, I think, you know, personally, for now, I'm, you know, writing is my passion. You know what, I would say I'm more confused than anything else, because there are some days where I'm very confident that I will, uh, you know, live a life of a copywriter, and I'm quite content with that, some days. <laughs> And then there are other days where I feel like I would like to become a professional author, right full-time, should I say. Um, and, and then I, I feel like I, I'm constantly pulling myself, I suppose, between these two worlds of creative writing and, you know, copywriting and, you know, whichever... Whichever the outcome is, whether I become a professional writer or a copywriter and just like stay, you know, like pick that path or whatever or have that path presented to me, I'll, I will be content. I will, if I continue to be a copywriter for the rest of my life, that's fine. I'm really happy with that and I don't mind writing on the side. If I become a, you know, full-time author, I'm also cool with that too. And that is that. I know. Quick, short, in, out, up, down, left, and right. Getting into the head of Jason Hess, you can get our immaculate everywhere. So do it. Now here's Kwasi, who caught up with Paul, chatting about Isidaya event that took place in Durban. You are listening to Gay SA Radio, where you are family. My name is Gwazim Sebenzi. I'm at Kwamashu in Durban. We are having an ANOVA Institute event. Well, we have Paul Boysen to tell us more about the event. Well, we have the gay community, the LGBTI community with us. So it's it's a fun event. There's food, there's music, as you can hear in the background. There's music. Um, we have Paul Boysen, as I said, who's going to tell you, who's going to tell us more about what the event entails and what is the event all about. Paul, welcome to the session. Thank you. Um, so tell us more, what is the event, what is ANOVA first and foremost? Okay, so ANOVA Health is a very big organization. We base our head office in Johannesburg and we've got another sister company that's down here in Durban. It is called Isidai. Isidai project, Isidai means absolutely fabulous in terms of gay terms. So um, here we deal with MSM, men who have sex with men and transgender, TGs. 
So today's event is called a large event, which we get all the MSM in, in this community, different communities like um, Hammersdale, etc., as far as Hammersdale, Isapingo, etc., to all get together and have a fun day together, to interact with each other, to get to know one another, and to just have fun today. So it's a Durban event that's based here. So everyone um, from um, ANOVA is doing this event. It's a yearly event. Yes, it is. So tell me more. What do um, gay people have to learn here? Why do we have to come here and learn information? Why, why is it important for us as a gay community to come here? Mm-hmm. So firstly, as a, gay, as a gay person that comes here to the MSM site that we have today, just to let you know that you're not alone. There's other guys just like you that have sex with men. It doesn't have to be gay people. It can be a man that's got a girlfriend or a man that's married who enjoys sex with another man. So today's event just simply means that we are here to serve the community, the MSM community, to empower them. By empowering them, we're offering them free condoms. We're offering them free HIV testing. We're offering them the services because... The HIV is an epidemic that we need to eradicate in South Africa. We're trying to bring down this epidemic of HIV. So advising them and informing them that there is such things as safe sex. There is such things as protecting yourself. We're moving from this project to another project called Preventions. Preventions is called PrEP and PEP. PrEP is you're pre-exposing yourself, so let's prevent you from getting HIV. So this is the project that we are trying to start up here, and this is the reason why we had this large event today, to get all the MSM together and the transgenders together, to inform them of what the future is in the hold for them to eradicate this HIV. So one of your guest speakers spoke about HIV testing. Why is it important, or why should MSM test? Because we just say, I'm having sex with another man. Why is it important for me to test? It's very important to know your status because if you're having sex with more than one partner, it's, it's nice to know your status, so we advise you to go and test. So remember, some of the guys, unfortunately, still have unprotected sex. So having unprotected sex puts you in, in a risk of getting HIV, not only HIV, but STIs, sexually transmitted infections, as well as other infections that associate themselves with HIV. So every person that comes through the doors, we're hoping that they test, and they, by the end of the afternoon, they will know their statuses. The guys that are testing negative, we, are, we advise them to continue using condoms. And as I said, we're going to start something called PrEP for the negative people. If you are positive, then we, we refer you to the clinics, where the clinics then take over and they put you onto ARTs, antiretroviral treatment. So you say you have a relationship with clinics as well. You have a, a relationship with um, health organizations as ANOVA Health Institute, if That's I correct. correct. Yes. So now you have this beautiful event where everyone is together. What do you want to say to the LGBTI community that's out in Johannesburg, that's out in Eastern Cape? What, do, what is your message to them? Well, listen, guys, we're a small community here. And we, we've also got offices elsewhere. We've got offices in Johannesburg. We've got offices in, in um, PMB. So we are not small. We are big. And we're trying to reach everybody there to say there is such a, an organization called ANOVA that deals with MSM, TG. So don't be afraid. Step out. It's time to get out of the closet and come into this and see that there is people just like you. 
Thank you very much. That was Paul Boysen. I'm Gwazim Sebenzi, and you are listening to Gay SA Radio, where you are family. Be sure to catch Rainbow Talk every weekday between 12 and 3 p.m. Standard South African time, right here on Gay SA Radio, where you are family.